You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne and this is Kilcullen Diary. This podcast is in my Persons of Interest series. The song This Land is Your Land was one of the anthems of the civil rights movement in the United States in the 1960s and is still today one of those compositions that never fails to lift the emotions. But the roots of the song, written and performed by musical legend Woody Guthrie, come from deep in the psyche and experience of the composition's author, who through his life travelled the big highways and the dusty byroads of his country during several turbulent periods in modern American history. Named Woodrow Wilson Guthrie by his politician and land speculator father Charles, the musical interests of young Woody and his four siblings were fostered by his mother, Nora. But she was institutionalised when he was a teenager due to the effects of the hereditary neurological disorder Huntington disease. This, along with earlier family traumas, which included the death of his sister Clara by a fire, triggered the young man to begin rambling for the first time from their family home in Okema, Oklahoma. The small formerly agricultural town was at that time in a boom due to a local oil discovery, though that wasn't to last, and the effects of its subsequent decline would later influence Woody's songwriting. He always came back from his rambles to go to school, though he eventually dropped out before completing his final high school year. Then he relocated to Texas, got married, and with his wife Mary Jennings he had three children. The Great Depression and the effects of the Dust Bowl climate calamity on the Great Plains of America left Woody unable to support his family, and he again took to the road. Walking, Hitching, travelling with hobos on freight trains, he played his guitar and sang in bars to add to a meagre income from odd jobs. Eventually, in 1937, he arrived in California and began singing on radio with his brother Jack and later with a woman whose stage name was Lefty Lou. They became popular and he was making enough money to bring his family from Texas to Los Angeles. It was at this time that he got serious about songwriting. His themes developed from the displaced people like himself and those he had met on the road. His songs were deeply political, and when he came to New York City in 1940 with his family, his lyrics were already attractive to the left-leaning and to the communist movement with which he got involved. Federal dam-building electrification projects in the Pacific Northwest were in full swing, and he received a commission to write songs to promote them. He went with his family to Oregon and Washington State, and wrote no less than 26 songs in a month about these projects. These included Grand Cooley Dam, which is one of my own staples on occasions when I sing, and Roll on Columbia. But his marriage ended in divorce, Mary being tired of moving and electing to stay in the Northwest with the children when it was time to return to New York. Back there on his own, Woody wrote songs for an activist musical group, the Almanac Singers, who included Lead Belly 
and Pete Seeger. Their performances were aimed against fascism and in support of humanitarian causes. From 1943 to 1945, he served in the U.S. Merchant Marine, working on several ships that convoyed across the Atlantic, where he frequently sang for the troops being carried to Europe. After the war, Woody married again to a dancer, Marjorie Mancia. Of the four children he had with her, his sons Arlo and Jody would carry on the singer-songwriter family torch from the 1960s. The 1950s was a time when America turned conservative and left-leaning politically charged music was in large part being supplanted by the emerging rock and roll. But with a group of folk music friends, Woody Guthrie continued to write and perform activist songs, setting the base for the folk revival of the 1960s that was led by performers such as Joan Baez and Bob Dylan. Among the many singers like them who credited his influence on their work were Johnny Cash, Harry Chapin, Ireland's Andy Irvin and Christy Moore, and Tom Paxton, as well as Bruce Springsteen, whose own work reflects much of the experiences and aspirations of the American blue-collar worker. But from the early 1950s, Woody Guthrie's health was deteriorating. His actions were becoming erratic and he and Marjorie eventually separated because she felt he was a danger to her and to the children. The same disease that had put his mother in an institution had followed up her songwriting son. He was increasingly hospitalised, and finally confined to a room in New Jersey, where he passed away in 1967. He left a legacy of more than a thousand songs, including many for children and many poems. Taken together, all these are an important history of the personal difficulties that so often underpinned the hard road to the American dream. Woody Guthrie, songwriting chronicler of the dispossessed and of the struggling worker, was born on 14th of July in 1912. He lived for just 55 years, but his music maintains a lasting impact to this very day. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Cacullen Diary. Thank you for listening.